0: Welcome, everyone, to the 121st episode of Silicon Zombies, where you get the best brains from the bay to beyond. My name is Nick Larson, your host, and what a delight it is to share the stage with one of my favorite human beings, Sharon Byers, who's the publisher at Silicon Valley Magazine. She's on the board of Symphony San Jose, and she's a Juilliard trained violinist.
1: Thank you, Nick. It's an honor to be sharing the stage with you, one of my favorite humans also. Um, But more importantly, I am thrilled to be sharing the stage today um, with two amazing new famous people (laughs) for us to talk to, Um, Occidental Professor Mathematician Computer Scientist Dr. Katherine Leonard and Emmy (laughs) Award-winning Grammy-nominated composer Adam Schoenberg. These two geniuses collaborated on automation, which is a symphonic work you'll be hearing this evening.
0: Great. Um, Let's just uh, thank our sponsors real quickly. So we've got necodex.com, which can help augment your technical team. So build web or mobile products. That's N-E-C-O-D-E-X.com. And also grateful for our friends at Primero Negocios. So if you're looking for digital marketing expertise, they're your team. So let's go ahead and get started. To simplify things, there are two different kinds of artificial intelligence. There's generative AI, which creates, and then there's machine learning, which predicts. And at the intersection of these two things, plus music, we get real masterpieces, like we're in for a treat this evening.
1: And throughout the history of Silicon Valley, which admittedly isn't very long, um, there's been some pretty major developments. The invention of the computer chip Um, the birth of the internet, uh, social media, and of course now, AI. So Catherine, my first question is for you. Does music, mathematics, and technology actually have a connection point? And if so, what is it?
2: Well, I think it has many connection points, and automation certainly is one of them. I am a mathematician. The model that generated the music, that is incorporated into the piece um, that Adam wrote. Uh, was based on a mathematical model and sort of deeply understanding the mathematics that creates the model is Probably the best way to make sure that the model is giving you what you actually want to be getting out of it
0: Excellent and and Adam help us understand a little bit about the the narrative behind your piece It's it once it's hopeful but also aggressive and a little somber. What what was your, your personal narrative behind it?
3: Yeah, well, thanks for having all of us here. And, and the first job for any composer is you're writing a piece of music that will hopefully engage the players and, of course, the audience. And I always like to think of narratives. I've written pieces based on uh, paintings like Mark Rothko. I wrote a piece for the San Francisco Symphony on climate change. And in this context, Eve uh, Dar, the cellist, we both went to Juilliard together and we discussed about trying to create a, an evening experience that would be very accessible and, 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 and attractive, and so this essentially, we dubbed this a cinematic concerto, but it's really a concerto for human cellist, aka Eve Dar, and AI cellist, also known as Agnes, that Catherine uh, helped create, and then there's this otherworldly instrument that will make its debut called it a Haldorophone, which is sort of like a cello, but it has a life of its own.
1: How does it have a life of its own?
3: So it's, it's a feedback instrument that is dubbed as an aleatoric instrument. And aleatoric music or indeterminate music can't ever really be performed twice the same way. So once the feedback kicks in, it can start to take off. It does some beating patterns and there's these vibrations and different drones that take place. And so it sort of just, you have to, you have to learn how to control it.
1: And as far as the story of the narrative, where did that come from? Was it like a dream or a nightmare you had one night? Or a (laughs) night of too much drinking?
3: (laughs) No, (laughs) this was a combination of, of, this was really an incredibly collaborative project with Eve. Eve produced the visuals that you'll see. Uh, My wife is a TV writer and she also helped come up with the narrative. And really the the premise is, our logline is our our complicated yet codependent relationship with technology right we live in a digital world now we all have smartphones and and we you know interact with them in very specific ways and so the the basic premise is is, is the cellist represents the human human beings and and it first coexists harmoniously with uh, technology so the piece begins with ambient electronics and the backing of the orchestra. So it's a hybrid orchestra, which is very commonly found in film scores these days, but on the concert stage it's, it's you'll find it less often, but there are plenty of composers doing hybrid pieces as well. And so it begins with the cellist uh, and electronics and orchestra performing. And then we momentarily, uh, send you to the battle mode music that will happen later on because again it's a piece of music and I need to create a sense of form and structure that will engage and after the the battle music is momentarily introduced uh, we uh, the, the solo cellist returns with no electronics and it's supposed to represent you know, human beings working in the workforce but suddenly being displaced with jobs going overseas and then also being displaced by machines, right? You walk into Target and you don't have to talk to someone anymore, you can just go to an automated checkout line and it does everything for you. Uh, and then after that ends, uh, well, while that section is happening, on the screen you'll see Eve getting scanned and To the left of him, Agnes is being built, and then Agnes emerges, and then we enter what's called learning mode, which is the collaboration with Catherine, where um, the music that we fed, the adversarial network that that she created, then composed music that uh, I did not change at all, and we embedded directly into the score. So everything that Agnes plays is what uh, was composed.
1: Catherine, what inspired you with Agnes? And why a woman?
2: Uh-huh. Um, so the name, the credit for the name goes to my spouse, Kasan Sarkis. <laughs> He's very good with words, and he wanted to come up with uh, an, uh, an acronym that actually was a name. And so he came up with Automatic Generator and... Uh, Network. Excellent songs. <laughs> network. <laughs> that's right. The N is for network for excellent songs. So so only only gendered because that was the name that that fit the words. Yeah.
1: One last question and then I'll stop hogging. But um Adam, question for you. So for a long time with science, technology, it's almost like we've been trying to eradicate human emotion as if human emotion is somehow an enemy of rationality or enlightenment. And I'm curious, with AI becoming more prevalent in our lives, is human emotion going to have a higher capital on it?
3: It's a great question. I don't know know if any of us know know that answer yet. In, In terms of this experience, and again, I'm a bit of a romantic, so the piece is a very pretty piece of music, and, and after the battle mode, the Haldorphone enters because it's supposed to signify that the AI won this battle and, is, and prevails, but then that dissipates over this very beautiful chorale that the orchestra plays, and then the last third of the entire concerto is completely analog acoustic and, and, is, and is, bent, is meant to represent our emotion or our depth. And if you take the music that Agnes wrote and isolated it on its own, it doesn't have that emotional soul, uh, but who knows what is going to happen in our future.
0: Yeah, you can give us some context. Speaking of which, uh, Catherine, I'm so curious, with the, with the advent of these large language models and collaboration, Uh, The question of who owns the work has come up a lot recently. In fact, uh, George Carlin Estate is suing a podcaster for using his likeness, but theoretically with new content. Does this mean that the courts are going to have to define what art is? And what what are your thoughts here?
2: Well, I do think that the legal system does have a lot of, I mean, people have been working on it. So when I say catching up to do, it's not like this never occurred to anyone until last week. But... Um, definitely, this is a complicated question. So, we built Agnes. Agnes generated music. That music was generated by music in the public domain um, and uh, Adam's music. Uh, so, so, personally, we were very conscious about those sort of copyright issues. But now, who, who owns the music that Agnes created? Mm. Am, am, is that my copyright? Is it Agnes's copyright? Is it, I mean, Automation is definitely Adam's <laughs> copyright, but uh, but this is a really, co- who is the creative force behind this? It's it's very hard to untangle. And so I like to think of, of the technology as a collaborator um, who, so sidebar apologies for the deep dive here, but these large language models are doing averaging, and so over time they will just give you the same kind of experience over and over and over again unless they get novelty put into them that sort of jostles them out of what, where they are. So even if you can generate George Carlin, a hundredth time that you generate George Carlin, you're going to be bored by that generation unless there's some new human productivity put in. Um, so I think it's important to
0: keep that in yeah, mind. No, that was great. And Adam, same question. As far as, like, who owns the work if you're collaborating with AI?
3: Yeah, I... I... I mean, I want to selfishly say, I own, I, I own it, but, but what Catherine said is, is valid, and not to go back to my wife, but you know, as a TV writer, the part of the strike was about AI, ChatGPT, and, and, and you know, there is a sense of ownership. So, I don't have that answer. I, I don't know. Yeah. GBD, I guess.
1: It gives me a certain amount of comfort knowing that human emotion and novelty are always going to be important to keep these models going. Is that fair to say? I mean, always is a pretty long time. <laughs> Let me say this. Based on what I
2: have seen in the public domain, I'm not worried about generalized intelligence coming out anytime soon. <laughs> if anything, I'm worried about people attributing that level of intelligence to models that, aren't that aren't, don't have those capabilities, and then trusting them too much. Uh,
0: How will we know when artificial general intelligence has arrived? If I told
2: you that, I'd have to kill you.
0: (laughs) Okay, well, um, great. Well, it's been wonderful having you both here. We're we're thrilled for tonight. Um, Also, it's my mom's birthday tonight. Marianne Larson, she's here. so.
1: Happy birthday, Mama Larson. Happy birthday, Mama. (laughs) Um, Yeah, just from the whole team here at Symphony San Jose, um, thank you so much, both of you, for um, such thoughtful and thought-provoking answers. And um, thank you all for being here. Uh, We hope you all enjoy this performance this evening, which I think is truly Silicon Valley and is really a new way to listen and understand music.
0: Yeah, and and for more uh, demystifying of emerging technology, go to SiliconZombies.com and enjoy the rest of the show.
1: Thank you.